I'm Brian Santo, EE Times Editor-in-Chief, and you're listening to EE Times On Air. This is a special edition of our podcast with reporting live from the Consumer Electronics Show in fabulous, fabulous, fabulous Las Vegas. The kickoff events every year for the Consumer Electronics Show include CES Unveiled, where the show organizers highlight technologies that they consider particularly noteworthy, and an overview of consumer market trends presented by the Consumer Technology Association, or CTA. Let's get to it. CES Unveiled is an odd distillation of the overall show. CES at large is spread out over multiple huge convention center halls and spills out into the convention facilities of nearby Vegas hotels. The sheer size of this show can be bewildering, but at least it's organized. Audio systems here, video systems there, smartphones over yonder, agricultural electronics in the back 40. CES Unveiled, however, is a themeless grab bag of all of the above and more, smushed together in one vast hotel meeting room which, year after year, is never properly air-conditioned. On the plus side, the grub at the event is pretty high class, especially compared to the hash that conventions normally sling at the media. Reporters have no time to be picky about food at these events, so it's notable when we're being fed well. On the other hand, it's also possible that reporters have no inclination to ever be picky about food, but that's an issue for anthropologists. Even a best-of distillation of CES is enormous and impossible for one person to cover thoroughly, so we resolved to divide and conquer CES Unveiled with our buddies Jim McGregor and Kevin Crewell from Tyrius Research. Okay, so we just walked through CES Unveiled, where they show the hippest, coolest, newest stuff. And Jim has been crawling through it for close to two hours. And he's going to tell us about the coolest things he's seen in there. Well, it's kind of interesting because I've been through two hours and I've only gotten through half of it. Um, Some of the same old stuff you kind of expect, applications, you know, um, smartphone handles and stuff like that. But there are a few really cool companies that are doing some cool stuff there. Um, There's one chip startup that's doing a Bluetooth solution at Mosic. Yeah, so yeah, it's a Bluetooth energy harvesting, right? It's not only doing Bluetooth, very low power Bluetooth, but they're doing energy harvesting with RF signals, with light, with thermal and with motion. So actually, theoretically, you could have a Bluetooth connectivity connected to a sensor with no battery. I talked to this guy. He said that you can even like create like a switch, like a light switch. You can just plug it in anywhere and just the process of switching will power it enough to actually go, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And and like motion uh, and anything like that, even heat. So, no, it's a very, very interesting solution. The company's been around for a couple years, but this whole energy harvesting is kind of a new aspect on it. And I only know of one other company that's trying that. So this is, I think that's a really cool area, especially for IoT devices. So if it works, it's a a bit of a game changer, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, when you're thinking about every place you're going to be embedding sensors and you want wireless connectivity, even in a home, think about the possibility of putting sensors in just about anything and having connectivity. Um, It could be a huge game changer, not to mention wearables, medical, you name it. There's a whole bunch of applications for it. So what else did you see while you were uh, walking around inside CES Unveiled? 
Well, I've been looking at some of the products, and I've seen a few cool ones. Um, there's one company, uh, Max Pro, that's actually got a portable exercise system that is really, it actually fits into your backpack, and you do hundreds of exercises with it, and connected to, obviously, your s- smartphone to actually track everything and everything else. So so the electronics element is just, the, is it just the connectivity with the with your phone so that you can track, or is there some other electronic element? Actually, there is another electronic element, and that's in the system itself. The system itself only weighs nine pounds, but it has to simulate being able to do 150 on both sides. So it actually has to simulate the tension. So there's actually electronic control units inside the device. Oh, that's wicked cool. There's also a company that's actually doing, and they're actually called Vinyl Recorder. They're actually doing vinyl recording where you can transfer a CD audio to vinyl. That's really wicked cool. So do you have a turntable? I have turntable. I have hundreds of records, and I have a 17-year-old that's a rock DJ. So, yeah. (laughs) How are you, Kevin? You got a turntable? I do. In fact, uh, I recently uh, got a disc cleaner to clean my, uh, my vinyl. I've got lots of vinyl. Beautiful. Somebody just gifted me a 180 gram uh, version of the Beatles' a "Hard Day's Night." I am so happy. It's beautiful. So, so we talked about CES Unveiled. Do you have anything else with yeah, C- one more? One more. Okay. There was one other one I saw called Zero Energy, and they're kind of in the early stages, but they basically have a little plug-in. So you plug your your plug from your appliance, your light, your TV, whatever, into this, and then it plugs into the wall. Now, it doesn't seem like much, but it's basically your surge protector. You know, the one that you plug all your electronics into that you're supposed to turn off so it doesn't suck energy, but nobody ever does? Well, this automatically does it. It just senses the power levels so that it actually turns off the energy to all your appliances when you're not using them. Very cool. How does it know when to turn it back on? Whenever it senses that there's a power surge or a request. All right. So uh, this CES in the past, uh, last year it was pretty heavy automobile oriented and uh, from what we were talking about earlier before we actually turned on the recorder it's going to be that again this year right oh absolutely over 50 percent of the press conferences over the next two days are automotive related and we've already been briefed on some of the announcements coming up the ces has become the primary show for automotive technology especially with electric vehicles and autonomous vehicles coming to market so that's kind of it kind of uh, is a sign of how the automobile industry is changing, not necessarily the consumer electronics business, right? Absolutely. I mean, you got to think about it. The electric vehicle is really not much more than a smartphone. It has sensors, it has processing, it has a battery pack, it's a smartphone. And then when you think of an autonomous vehicle, it's basically um, a supercomputer. It's the smartphone with a bunch more sensors and a lot more processing. In wheels. Uh, Kevin, you actually went and saw Biden today. Uh, tell me what you saw there. Uh, speaking of turning your, your car into a smartphone, Biden turns it up to 11. Uh, the car has a huge display across the entire front cockpit, as well as there's a tablet that's mounted right to the steering wheel with soft functions that can change over time. The cockpit display can be used for not just information like you know speed and that, but it also will put up other personalized information, like your, your appointments for the day, um, as well as if you're stopped, it will allow you to go into office mode, and the office mode allows you to do video conferencing from your dashboard with multiple sources. Uh, built in is 4G that they can, they can upgrade to 5G. The car 
customizes itself to you when it recognizes you when you get in the car. It maps who you are, gives you your personality, your charts, your appointments, places you've been to, and where you want to go to. And and it, and it shifts. It, it can actually like shift the seating arrangement, right? Yeah, you could turn it around like a bucket seat. I mean, it's actually set up for autonomous driving, but it's not to an autonomous driving uh, solution yet. The, this is the first generation part. Uh, the uh, M byte, which is even even the name is B Y T E, like 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 bytes is in, in yeah. digital. So I mean, they're really telegraphing that this is a completely digital platform that they're doing. It's obviously an electric car, uh, and most of the manufacturing is in China, but they have partnerships with companies in Japan, uh, partnerships with companies in Korea. Uh, the funding comes from all over the place, although I had to say most of it does seem to come from Japan. But they are looking at it as, as an international company. They have a facility in uh, California, in Santa Clara, uh, and they have a design area in France. Uh, so they really consider themselves an international car company. And Jim, you actually got to uh, ride in an autonomous vehicle, right? Did that, is that what you said? I did, but the announcement doesn't come out till tomorrow. <laughs> So we'll cut that, right? No, no, no. It's actually, actually, this is interesting. Just going over the list, talking about automotive press releases, I mean, ZF, Bosch, Snyder, Continental, Qualcomm, yes, Qualcomm, Vallejo, Toyota, uh, Ferencia, I, I think that's uh, right, Hyundai Motors um, are all going to be talking about automo automotive announcements tomorrow. So one of those companies has an autonomous vehicle here that I've already ridden in. I can't tell you who. Ooh. <laughs> Other products I saw at CES unveiled included an electronic braking system for inline skates, electronic headsets designed to help fitful sleepers get a better night's rest. Sleep devices is now a well-established category at CES. And I also saw a portable speaker that is roughly the size of two smartphones stacked on top of each other, but it expands sort of like one of those silicone kitchen colanders so that it's roughly four or five smartphones thick. Having a larger cavity creates greater resonance for more ample sound. But we know what engineers really like. I found the smallest combination digital multimeter and oscilloscope I have ever seen. I met the CEO of Pocket Innovations, and I asked him to introduce himself and tell us about the product. So my name is Paul Matsuris. I'm the uh, founder of uh, Pocket Innovations. So what we've got from Pocket Innovations are a couple of um, portable multimeters. And the first one I'm looking at, the first one that's hit the market is roughly the size of a, of a luxury wristwatch. Um, the other one is kind of a large pen. Um, tell me about the first one, which is on, uh, which is you're already selling, and then uh, I'll ask you about the uh, the new one that you've got and the differences between. Yeah, sure. So the first one's called Pocket Meter, and what it is is it's a multimeter, oscilloscope, and logger all in one. So it's not just a multimeter; it is a full featured multimeter with uh, AC, DC, current, voltage, but as well you can you can display the waveforms. Um, pinch and drag those waveforms. So, so what it is, it's really small. It has retractable leads. It allows you to take measurements, and it connects to your phone. So the measurements and the waveforms are displayed on your phone. Um, it can also be a logger for up to six months. So you can. 
put it away, take your phone away, come back later and retrieve all the data, upload it to the web. And it's a Bluetooth connection to the phone, right? Absolutely, wireless Bluetooth. The device is fully wireless and it's wireless connection to the phone, which is also wireless. So you're completely portable. You can measure things anywhere, which is really what, what it's about. But the new version, which is called Pocket Pro, which we just finished a Kickstarter in uh, October, uh, it raised 750,000 or more. Uh, and it was the highest funded DIY project in Kickstarter history, uh, which we're very, very surprised about, I suppose. But I guess we realize it's, uh, it's found a little bit of a place in the market. Um, its main difference is it's a full 600 volt Cat 3, where the original is a low voltage. Um, the second version, the Pro, is also multi-channel and has some additional measurement capabilities. That's why it's a little bit bigger, um, because it does have to be able to be able to be stick in the mains uh, PowerPoint. Uh, but uh, other than that, it's still fairly compact. So this, the first one, the smaller one in the pocket meter, that's uh, what kind of battery power is that? And uh, what's the difference with the probe? So the pocket meter is has got a, a button cell in there, just a 2032 you get from the supermarket. The pocket meter, because it's got real-time acquisition and multi-channel, it needs a little bit more power, so we made it rechargeable. It's a more premium product. It's more of a professional product. But look, both of these products are equally as accurate. It's just the measurement range is higher on the Pro. And what they're really doing, if, if I could explain, is they're consumerizing something which is traditionally only for engineers. Big, bulky, expensive equipment, multimeters, oscilloscopes, big bricks of things that you can't take away from your bench. You're stuck there. You're limited in your creativity. Now you can go anywhere with these guys um, and they, they fit in your hand. You can put them in your pocket and you can really uh, take your creativity to new places. Okay, let me get uh, into some of the nuts and bolts. Uh, what are the processors or can you describe the processing power that you have in the meter and then what the difference would be with the, uh, the new probe that's coming out? So look, the, the processing is actually equivalent in both of the units. Mm -hmm. uh, the difference is that the Pocket Pro, because of its high voltage category three ratings, has to have a lot more front end on it to deal with the, the transients and the high voltage uh, capabilities. Um, the Pro also um, has acquisition buttons and it has a torch integrated in it. So it's not so much about the processing power. The measurement core is similar. It's just that the Pro has a lot more bolted on to give it that extra accuracy and range that it has. Yeah, so uh, how, do you, how accurate is it and, and what gives it the accuracy? So to give you an example, we had a, some of our um, uh, backers in our original pocket meter product are more fanatical than we are. And what they actually did was one guy took it uh, and, and pitted it against a seven series fluke. So I think that's a $700 multimeter. It's a premium, right? He tested every single range. I mean, every single range. And he came back and said, it's actually better than the fluke. Now, obviously the fluke is doing high voltage, which is what the pro does, but the meter in its range was better than the fluke, even though the fluke is probably about 10 times the price. Okay, so let's talk about price then. The yeah. pocket meter is how much and the Pro will go for how much when it comes out? Well, at the CES show, we are providing a promotion, which means that you can get the pocket meter for 71 US dollars shipped to your door. So you can actually get that on our shop right now. Uh, the Pocket Pro, it's the first time we've shown it in public. We've just sold 10,000 pre-orders. Uh, we've got more pre-orders going. It'll ship in June. The, the uh, development team is still finessing that. Um, it's selling for $95. So they're both under $100. And, you know, and the, and the Pro, I can assure you, will be as accurate as the Fluke, which is at $700. And, and it's got the waveforms. Don't forget that. Fantastic. Thanks, Paul. No problem. Nitin Dahad is based in London, but he's also here at CES.
He sat in on the CTA's annual review of upcoming technology trends. Here's Nitin's report. At the opening of CES 2020, we heard from Steve Koenig and Leslie Rohrbau of the Consumer Technology Association. Uh, what are the key trends to watch for in 2020? And um, some things were not surprising uh, for an EE Times audience. Others, uh, you know, maybe you know, uh, something new. So uh, in summary, uh, he talked about more intelligence in devices, electrification of vehicles, and digital health being the top tech trends to watch for. So digging deeper into that, I think um, we've always talked about embedded intelligence because of the the sort of vast amounts of data and um, a lot of artificial intelligence that needs to go into uh, devices to sort of make sense of of that data. And uh, so I think what uh, they're saying is, yeah, there'll be more connected intelligence and uh, more consumerization of AI. In other words, um, a lot more of this going into everyday objects. And uh, an example was CES unveiled, I saw an AI toothbrush from Oral-B. So, you know, uh, what uh, Steve was saying was the last decade was about the Internet of Things, but now, you know, we kick off a new decade defined by the intelligence of things. And that really says it all. But the other thing that uh, he was already talking about was um, transport and mobility. And he said um, electrification is going to be the big thing um, both in 2020 as well as over the next decade, just because of um, new innovations in in battery technology and charging infrastructure and charging models, um, business models rather. So um, he he was saying that uh, we've really come to a point of inflection in electrification and uh, electric vehicles. So uh, that'll be the big story for CES 2020. The other big one is uh, uh, digital health. I've, I've seen, um, as you'll see in CES Unveiled uh, reports, a lot of smart wearables for health and um, health monitors and blood pressure monitors. So that's going to be the other big thing. Um, overall, I think um, what we're seeing is really all playing into the more connectivity with 5G and also enabling of more intelligence in, in lots of devices. So there's our wrap for the first day of the 2020 Consumer Electronics Show. EE Times On Air will include daily podcasts from the Consumer Electronics Show with episodes today, tomorrow, and the next day. We've also got coverage on a special site set up specifically for the CES 2020 show. Check it out on ces.eetimes.com. That's ces.eetimes.com. Also this week, we're going to skip our weekly review podcast, which we normally do on Fridays. The weekly review will resume the Friday after next. Thanks for listening today and check back with us tomorrow for more from CES 2020. This podcast is produced by Aspen Core Studio. It was engineered by Taylor Marvin and Greg McRae at Coop Studios. The segment producer was Katie Huss. The transcript of this podcast can be found on eetimes.com. Find our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or Blueberry. I'm Brian Santo.